Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Summerbrook Church. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies in the room. You guys are amazing. We're so grateful for you. Uh, as my husband Tanner mentioned earlier, we really, around Summerbrook, we know that Mother's Day is not just about those who have kids currently in their house. It is about all women, and we're so grateful for you, for all that you bring to our community, to our church, to our ministries. And I could not reference the spiritual mamas without talking about Gabby, Sherry, Emily, Christine, and Mahela over in our youth group. You women bless us so, so much, and we are so thankful for all that you do. So thank you so much for that. And speaking of our youth, for those of you who helped with the bake sale, just a huge thank you to all of you. Last week, we raised over $2,000 for our missions trip in June. So thank you. We could not have done it without all of your support. And we will be going June 7th through the 13th. So please be praying with us for our team as we go. And we will also, after the fact, have some pictures and hopefully some video to show you just to thank you for being a part of that trip. So speaking of the spiritual mamas, I have a woman who has poured so much into my life, and she texted me a scripture verse a few weeks ago, and it's found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, and it says, Above all, love one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And she said, Mary... Hold on to this in your parenting because the reality is as much as we care for those around us and love those around us, we're going to mess up. And sometimes we're not going to get it right. But thank God that he is sovereign and he is gracious and that even in our mess ups, his love is able to cover a multitude of sins. So if you are here this morning and as a woman you are not feeling like your relationships are where you would hope they would be or where you thought they would have been, please know that God is bigger than any of our mistakes, that he carries us, he loves us, and that even the worst of the worst, he can redeem and does. Thank the Lord for that. So... Pastor Joey asked me to speak this morning about a woman's encounter with Jesus. And he's going to be up, but I'm just going to share the beginning part this morning. And as women, we are all called to be mothers. As we've already been saying, we know through scripture that women are given the gift of being nurturers and comforters, whether you have kids in your house or not. And so... That is an area that I've leaned into for a while, getting to do small groups and youth ministry. But more recently in my life, I became a newbie mom to kids in my house with me. And uh, it's been an experience. So my husband, Tanner, and I, we actually miscarried our first baby, baby Genesis, and then found out pretty shortly after that that we were pregnant with our son, Peter, who is now getting close to two. And then very shortly after that, found out we were pregnant with our son, Benaya, who is 10 months old today. And then not too long after that, found out we were pregnant with our baby girl, Galilee, who will be joining us in August. 
So we're not bored, in case you were wondering. Our house stays loud and busy, and we have a lot of fun. So if you're ever bored, come on over and visit. You won't stay that way. So that being said, nothing in my life has ever made me encounter Jesus more often, more intensely, more terrified than my children. From the moment of their conception, I have been praying and praying and praying. And sometimes it's desperate and sometimes it's delighted, but it's a lot of prayer. And a few weeks ago, I decided that I would take my sons and we would surprise their father at work. And in my mind, it was going to be this just beautiful, tender family moment. And Tanner was going to walk out from his last meeting and see us sitting there with bubbles and the kids were going to run out to him and I was just going to look like this wife who had it all together and it was just going to be great. And uh, so we get there. We get to his office. I lay out the blanket. I put my son Benaya on the blanket. I try to open the bubbles. I don't know if any of you have bought bubbles recently, but the fastener quality has gone up, okay? It was like Fort Knox trying to break into the bubble dispenser, and you can't have two kids under two without some form of entertainment. So I'm trying to open the bubbles, and I turn back to my son, Benaya, and I see something is in his mouth. And I pull it out, it's a reflex at this point, but something's looking back at me, and it was a snakeskin. And I threw it away from me and uh, realized that my son still has part of it in his mouth. And so um, over the next few moments, as you can imagine, I worked very hard to get that out of his mouth and then uh, realized where we were was just not going to work. So we moved to the playground. I mean, who doesn't love playgrounds, right? It's going to work out perfect. I put out the blanket. I put down my son, Benaya. Peter's going off to the playground. And uh, Benaya finds the tan bark this time. And he starts eating tan bark. I'm trying to get the tan bark out of his mouth. And then I hear the sound that no parent of toddlers wants to hear slurping. And I'm thinking, what has happened? And I turn around, and my son Peter is drinking the muddy, stagnant water in the playground steps. And I am like, no! And uh, so I'm getting Peter. I turn back, and Benaya's rediscovered the tan bark again. And I just realized it's not going to go according to plan. So let me tell you, there were some prayers that day for some infection protection, okay? And so thank God a few weeks out, seems like everybody's fine, but... Um, We'll just say I'm not going to be on anyone's babysitting speed dial list this morning. So why do I tell this very embarrassing story? Uh, we are talking this morning about a woman who has her own encounter with Jesus, about her two sons, and they are nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. And I found a little comfort in that because I figured with a nickname like that, they probably had some snake skins of their own in their childhood. And so we're going to read about her encounter with Christ in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 23. So it says in verse 20, you can follow along on the screen or in your Bible. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked him for something. 
And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. So the sons of Zebedee are also named James and John. They're disciples of Jesus. They're in that inner circle of three that he brings with him in his ministry. And as this mother comes to Jesus in this moment, we recognize that this is not a purely selfless request, right? She, she wants a little notoriety for her sons. She wants them to be sitting right by Jesus at his right and his left. But interestingly enough, the response of Christ in this moment is not to rebuke her. He, he doesn't say to her what he says to Peter later in scripture where he says, get behind me, Satan, when Peter says something to him. So we notice that he's, he's responding gently to her. He's, he's giving her a response to her question, and it's not a yes. He does tell her no, but it's with gentleness. This is a comfort to me as a mom to know that I don't have to get my requests perfectly laid out. As we come to God and as we pray and we seek his face for our children, for our loved ones, we don't have to feel like we have to have just the right requests to bring him. We can bring him all of our concerns about our children, all our hopes for those that we love, and know that he's going to hear us. We may not be face-to-face with Jesus the way this woman was right now, but we can still come to him through prayer. And we don't want to give her too hard of a time because while she is asking for some notoriety for her sons, she wasn't asking for them to be anything but really closer to Christ. We see in this moment, earlier in Scripture, she watched not the direct moment, but certainly heard about it. As her sons left their nets, they were fishermen, and they left what they were doing, their careers, and they started to follow Jesus. Jesus, who was certainly famous in his time, but he was not always popular with everyone, as we read about in Scripture. And she's not coming to Jesus and asking him to send her sons back home so they can work and get her a nice retirement. No, she's, she's actually asking for them to be even closer to him than they are now. And as countercultural as this would have been at her time, it is so countercultural today. Our culture tells us that what we should want for those we care about is for them to have a great job, a great education, their own house, a spouse, kids, a good car. That's what we're supposed to want. And yet we find that this mom gets it, that really what she most wants for her sons, for them to be close to Jesus. The last thing to mention from this portion is that she kneels before Christ. In that moment, she's not just expecting her sons to go have their own encounter with Jesus. She herself is present there as well. If we want the people that we care about and love to encounter Christ, we can't expect 
to influence them in any way toward that end if we ourselves are not encountering him as well. This woman is also mentioned in another part of scripture later on in the Gospels. She's believed to be Salome, who is not just the mother of James and John, but the wife of Zebedee, and also the sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so we find her mentioned in the Gospels, present at the cross. And this is such a powerful moment because she's there with her son, John, and with her sister, Mary. She's not just present when Jesus seems to be getting notoriety. She's also there in the peak of humiliation as he's being brutally murdered in front of her. She's right there. And as women... We are not just called to encounter God as mothers with the nurturing and the comforting. We're also called to encounter him as sisters. And she gives this beautiful example because she's right there when her sister is suffering. She is present for the pain and the tears. And then we also see that she's there for the triumph as well. She's present at the tomb. When my husband Tanner and I lost our baby, Genesis, we were devastated and heartbroken. And yet in that moment, we were surrounded by so many people who loved on us so well, especially uh, Bev Leckie and my sister Amy and a good friend Jesse came close and they comforted us. How much more do we all need that in different moments of our lives, especially as women when we're, we're going through hard times? We need our sisters there around us to encourage us, to support us. And as women, we can be that for others. We read in scripture that these women were actually present with Jesus in his ministry. They went around and they traveled and they ministered to him and to the disciples. And if you can imagine the type of bond they would have formed together in those moments. And I think we get to see a little bit of a picture of that in our small groups here at church as well. This past semester, I got to be a part of Audrey Flores' small group. And even in the weeks I was a part, I watched as we grew closer together. And so many of us had these incredible moments that happened. But also there were some moments that were really low and really hard and sad. And we just gathered around each other and we prayed for each other. We encouraged each other. And if this morning you feel like as a woman you are alone and that you don't have the support that you need or that you have been looking for, please, I would just encourage you to join one of these groups and look for those friendships that can help you through. But the reality is as much as we can gain from each other, there is so much more that we can gain from our Father God. It tells us in scripture in Romans chapter 8 verses 15 and 16 the following. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All women are called to be mothers, we're called to be sisters, but ultimately we are called to be 
daughters. We are daughters of the king of kings. And the the wording here, Abba, Father, he wants a relationship with us that isn't distant, but one that's intimate and close. And we cannot expect to be who we are supposed to be as mothers and sisters if we have not first encountered Jesus as his daughters. And if you are coming here this Mother's Day and feeling like your own relationship with your parents is strained or it's not what you would hope for, please know that that Jesus offers you something so different. Our God is perfect, and he loves you, he knows you, and he cares for you. And if you have not encountered him in this way, Pastor Joey is going to come up this morning, and he's going to share with us about a little more of what that can look like. Amen. My, uh, Jenny, my wife, was uh, interacting with our oldest grandson, Mason, recently. And Mason says to her, Graham, I love you with my whole heart. Can I have some chocolate milk? <laughs> you know, and, and, and Jenny got, her, got him some chocolate milk. <laughs> you know, it was those times we, we ponder and think about as we're interacting with uh, our kids or grandkids and next generation and uh, pouring into them and, and them grabbing your heart. Was Mary was sharing from that passage of scripture in Romans uh, that we grab God's heart. That if we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and we are able to become sons and daughters of the most high God, because of that, uh, God, um, he just delights in us. He's so excited for us to be his children. And so I want you to know, as Mary was sharing there, that he invites us into this intimate, close walk with God, so much so that Scripture says that we don't have to fall back into fear. Every one of us in the house, as sons and daughters of God, as we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we don't have to fall back into that fear, that God loves us intimately as we uh, become sons and daughters of God. The great news of this is that we don't have to fall back into fear. And it's also Mother's Day is a reminder about the next generation that we need to be helping our kids, whether it's kids in our home or kids here in the church of the next generation, that we begin to help them understand their position in Jesus. This is this is amazing to think about. And when you think about the Salo- Salome, uh, the, the mother of James and John, I, I love in that, that passage that Mary was sharing in Matthew 20 uh, that she loves and believes in her kids. So much so that, hey, she wants them on the right and the left hand of Jesus Christ. She's like, she believes in the next generation. I believe that's one of the things we need to grab from this passage of Scripture is that we need to believe in the next generation. Whether you have kids yourself or you're pouring into the ministries here or you're a, a local uh, ball coach in, in the community around us, that you're pouring into that next generation, that you speak words of life. Some Brick Church, we need to be a group of people that speak words of life to the next generation. 
I am so fired up to make a difference and leave a legacy in the next generation. Our words matter. Even recently, my mom had communicated some uh, really uh, kind words to me that uh, let me know that she believes in me. Even at my age, those words matter to me. That, that it, it really spoke life into me. Think about uh, another part of uh, this Mother's Day message I want us to lean into is in John 19, verse 25 and 27. Jesus is on the cross, and I'll read to it in verse uh, 25 of John 19. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the mother of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which is John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Here Jesus is suffering and in pain. And on the cross, he takes care of his mother. He takes care of those closest to us, to him. Church, we need to make sure that we take care of those closest to us. Mother's days are a reminder that who, what are those relationships that God has divinely brought into your life? that you need to make sure you take care of. Just as Jesus took care of his mother, we need to take care of those that are closest to us. Ladies, I want you to know we honor you on this day. And as Jesus takes care of his mom, guess what? He's on the cross. He's taking care of us. He's taking care of the barrier that separated us between us and God, our sin. That's the great news of Jesus Christ. That just as he's taking care of his mom on the cross, he takes care of us. And now as we walk in his love, as Jesus is in pain, he takes care of every one of us. You know, church, Mother's Day, I, I understand, can also be very difficult for some of us. Maybe you've lost your mom this past year. Or recently, maybe you've struggled with relationships where there may be some broken relationships. Maybe you have a, a wayward child, and man, you're feeling it inside, just praying like, God, like crazy that they would return to the Lord, return to relationship with you. Maybe you've had a miscarriage like my daughter had mentioned, or maybe you, you've really wanted to get pregnant and you haven't been able to get pregnant. We just want you to know that our, our prayers are with you. We're standing with you because uh, even in the midst of the pain, I really believe it's a reminder of Jesus on the cross. Even in the midst of the pain, that you can take care of those closest to you. Even in the midst of the pain, you can know that you're not forsaken. That Jesus cares for you. Just yesterday, if you haven't heard uh, Joan Jensei, who's struggled for years with a serious bout of cancer and uh, yesterday went to, to be home with the Lord. And as I was over the house the last couple of days and uh, I was uh, uh, talking with her daughter Stacy as I was in the room just a couple of days ago with her and Stacy said to Joan, hey, Joan, do you know who this is? She was, yeah, my pastor. And then she said these words, 
he's a good pastor. I'm sitting here just a, a couple of days before our home going, just my heart is being gripped by one of the ladies in our church that was just such a prayer warrior. She hardly ever missed a Sunday, and when we would go through 21 days of prayer, she was faithfully interceding before God on behalf of the church, on behalf of the next generation. I, I tell you, as I, uh, Jones, part of Joan's family, her, her uh, husband and her, her daughter and were here at church just last service. And as they were there, and uh, just in the midst of their pain, still worshiping God. Church, I want you to know the message of Jesus on the cross is that in the midst of the pain he, on the cross, he's taking care of us. And because of that, that pain we feel, no matter what we're going through, whatever, whatever rejection it is, whatever hurt, whatever loss, that Jesus is saying, hey, I care about you. I'm here for you. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer to become a son and daughter of Jesus. See, you're a creation of God, loved by God. But you're not a son and daughter of God until you place your faith and trust and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer to do that. Others of you, man, you know Jesus. You're walking with him. But you need to be reminded you don't need to fear. You don't need to fear in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the challenges of life, which there are many, that God's right there with you. So let me uh, lead you in a, a prayer to the Lord. And if you would, pray out loud with me. And we're going to... Uh, proclaim that Jesus is Lord of our life. For some of you, you're going to give your life to the Lord for the first time. Others of you, you're renewing your faith in Jesus Christ, and, and God is going to meet you right where you are to overcome that fear, those challenges that you're facing. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I come before you, and I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead, and I confess with my mouth that's your Lord. From this day forward, I choose to serve you, God. Come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. Lord, help me not to fear, but to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.